0: Your girl Vanna. you are now tuning in to the hood Talks podcast where community voice matters hey what is up y'all before we get this show started i hope you can take some time and help me wish my baby girl deviah a happy fourth birthday i just wanted to dedicate this show to you deviah and just know that mommy loves you and i am doing my very best up, y'all? The Hood Talks Podcast, we are back live with another great panel for another needed conversation. I am super excited, y'all. Super, super excited to kick this show off, but you know how we do. Before we do that, I'm going to need y'all again to help me wish my baby girl a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Devia! Woo! Yes, 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 honey. And I want y'all to share this live, okay? Because when I say this conversation is a good one this is going to be another great conversation y'all and we need it we need this so make sure y'all go ahead share this live and let's get this show kicked off it gets me every time hey I, it, I, like. come on right i know right it gets me every time i'm just like hey, okay hey so we here for another dope conversation with a great panel y'all look at all these great faces here with me today oh i'm ready y'all i'm sorry i'm so ready for this because i am trying to be this i'm trying to be a <laughs> new era of a parent and it's a struggle for me but okay I'm tips i got my pen i'm about to write some stuff down because i'm in here to learn with the rest of us who's viewing right uh, make sure y'all share this live okay so this is how we finna do it okay i'm gonna let these great guests introduce themselves and then once we do that we're gonna kick off the conversation and miss kimberly i see you're already off mute so come on sis don't <laughs> <get> the- <laughs> people. well hello everyone my name is kimberly of course and I'm a mother of seven, and I am um, working from home right now. I have an event uh, event space, and I also help my husband run a transportation company. And on the side, I'm just on this journey of life and taking care of my lovely kids and just, you know, being grateful every day. (laughs) Yes, I understand that Yes, uh, blessed, thanking God every day Yes ma'am, yes ma'am Well thank you for joining us on this needed conversation uh, Come you. on Come on Miss Adrian and Antoine Please tell the folks who you are Hello, hello everybody. How are you? And we are the Blakemores. I am Adrian Blakemore. This is Antoine Blakemore. We are the owners of ABC Educational Consulting LLC. Um, with this company, we provide janitorial services. We also provide life coaching services, educational curriculum, and I am also a doula as well, so like our, our favorite host here, Vanna. Yes. <laughs> we are Uh, Millennial parenting here, Uh, we have two children, ages four and two. So we are new to this parenting thing, but we're going to try this a different way, kind of use what we've learned in our traditional of what we were brought up as, uh, when we were brought up and taking those tools that we've learned and to apply them to what we're doing within our household.
1: And also, um, you know, just to kind of add to that, you know, we definitely have the hands into the community. Adrian, you know, working diligently on Northside St. Louis with me, uh, in my spare time, I train high school athletes. Every athlete that I train has successfully earned a full ride scholarship. We also flip houses as well, so um, that's something that that's a that's a that's kind of a badge of honor that we kind of wear and we uh, definitely uh, love to talk about. So.
0: Yes, out here grinding together. Okay, Black Love. Yes, y'all better shine through, cause y'all know yes. all about the Black Love, baby. Okay. Yes. yes. So thank you guys for joining us. Okay, Miss Jasmine, come on, honey, tell the folks who you are. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Jasmine Marshall. First and foremost, I am the uh, guardian, um, not a, quite an adoptive parent, but not no longer a foster parent of a beautiful seven-year-old little boy that has special needs. Um, I'm doing this solo with a great support system, but that is my number one goal. Um, Outside of that, I'm a full-time professor at St. Louis Community College, and I work in the early childhood department. So I'm training the people that are out here to work best with our youngest children. Um, In addition to that, I run a company, a consulting company called I Encourage Early Ed Professionals and recently started a support group called the Courage Collective um, to work with parents who are struggling to deal with their children who are newly diagnosed with special needs. My passion is working with children and families of all walks of life. So when a colleague shared, um, they shared the podcast with me a long time ago, but shared this topic with me um, last weekend, I was so eager. I said, I don't care what else is going on. The schedule is clear for 12 o'clock and everybody out of this house um, so I can have a peace of mind. So I'm excited to be a part of this um, and share my perspective from both being an educator um, and also being a parent because the two... Don't always uh, align. Um, so thank you for having me. <laughs> My head go off to all the educators because baby, I can't do it. All right, yes. No, she cannot do that one. All right. So I appreciate all of y'all. I love all of y'all from a distance. Uh, come on, Miss Jacqueline. Thank you for all you doing too, Jasmine. Shout out to all of that. Uh, especially the special news. That is one thing that I do want to touch and hopefully touch on in the next season. Okay, so I might be coming back for you, sis. Okay. Jacqueline, come on, honey. Tell the folks who you are
2: okay i'm jacqueline i am the mother of two i I was about to call them ferocious but that's how they are um girls they are seven and four that's just the best way (laughs) the best way to describe them at this moment in life and i'm also in the education world um i also have a publishing company editing company called CNE reflections inc we're doing we're launching a literacy pilot soon so i'm really excited about that but just like jasmine said the education world and parent world do not mix all the time it is it's, it's a a, a curveball for sure yes yes
0: mm-hmm. come on miss jenny come on tell the folks who you are Hi, I'm Jeannie um, Davis. I work for Ferguson Fluorescent Parents as Teachers program. So um, all the kiddos under five, under kindergarten entry, um, get uh, the program is free of charge, and we just help with the coaching. We teach the positive parenting and help like prevent um, child child abuse and neglect, and also educate the parents on how to deal with those ferocious little ones. and I have two kids of my own, um, a two-year-old and a one-year-old, boys. Ooh, baby, them them star us is real but shout out to you my uh fellow ferguson residents okay we got some elections coming up i'm gonna be hollering at you real soon because we got to get some folks out of here but that's a different topic in another day we are talking about a new era of parents y'all yes conscious parenting oh we heard this a lot we heard conscious a lot right that word conscious we hear that all the time but i want to start off by what is conscious parenting what does this mean what is this what is this thing what is this new thing Somebody come on and chime in for me.
1: What is conscious parenting? Don't be shy. I think that, um, you know, conscious conscious parenting is just, you know, having the mindset of always being aware of, you know, who you are as a parent, always being aware of your engagement of your children, your influence, you know, the village and the proper influences Mm -hmm. that you have for your kids kind of all the time. You know, that's something that Adrian and I. You know, we, we we harp on and we kind of stick to it. Some of our friends are even surprised that, you know, we don't allow our kids to take into just every single thing, you know, just being conscious about that. So, uh, in, in my opinion, just being conscious, you know, about every aspect as you possibly can as far as you deal with your, chi- your children and you as a parent, you know, growth and all.
0: I seen you come off of mute, Jacqueline. You want to get in on that? What is conscious parenting to you?
2: Um, It's piggybacking off of what Adrian said, or Antoine said, I'm sorry, but it's being self-aware of your past, like raising and your triggers and controlling your emotions while they're actually learning how to process different situations, how to control their emotions, how to just navigate and having that um that consciousness like about everything, the books, the the shows, everything, having that under wraps.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, I I can do nothing but agree with everyone who's already spoken. But for me, it's forced me to be more reflective of things that I've done. So not just acting, but also when the act happens or however I respond, taking the time to be reflective, Um, taking the time also to give myself a little bit of grace. We've had uh, so much that's happened here over the past few years and sometimes you we're I don't know about you guys I'm going to speak for self but I'm just trying to keep my head above water so saying to myself you know what I didn't read this book or he stayed on this tablet for hours and that's okay today and I'm going to try again tomorrow um but also being remembering that For me, the biggest thing is making sure that I raise a conscious adult. You know, I want him to be a conscious person. So encouraging him to be reflective, too, about some of the things that he does or how he responds to situations. So us both practicing um, reflection, me and my son. One thing that I appreciate from what you said, and I got you, Kimberly, is the grace part. Um, Because when I did start this episode, I didn't want people to feel attacked because maybe they didn't know, wasn't aware, or they were aware, and they just chose to do a different parenting style. Um, because we're not saying, and I tell friends this all the time, I'll be like, does this stuff really work? Because in a sense, we have not yet seen what, what it could do. You know what I mean? Um, we haven't really had the full scope of generation after generation. Like, when my kids get 20, then I can reflect and be like, oh, okay. It did work so I could say to them, I did this for you, and this kind of worked. But I just think, as parents, one thing is the main focus is getting yourself grace because there is no handbook to parenting at all, right? Come on, Kimberly, I thought that you had Do you know what <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to say, what you ended with about not having a manual being a parent because a lot of people believe that okay. Once you have a child, it's a natural thing to um, know how to parent when it's actually really not because a lot of parents don't realize that how we was brought up, our parents wasn't really like um, conscious and aware of what they were doing. A lot of things they were going through in the past, they were projecting it out on us and they wasn't realizing what they were doing and at the same time, it was causing pain and hurting us and causing us to withhold our true selves and keeping us from being our, like expressing ourselves. And they wasn't an understanding that we were like, okay, we're kids, we, we, we're, we don't know what we're doing, but you don't have to whoop us. So you don't have to yell at us to make us understand, you know, what are you feeling like? some parents, they need to learn how to dive inside of them and heal themselves and realize what their pain and their day-to-day experience can, you know, project on their children. That part heal You know, it's something um, that you said um, about how parents are raising, how our parents raised us and how... We did. They didn't have a book or, you know, we have we've seen all these books. Right. What to do when you're pregnant, nine months to expecting before you're expecting. And I don't know about you guys, you ladies. I didn't read those books. I didn't. I I didn't. I don't know about the listeners. I I didn't read those books. (laughs) Um, And so, like you said, we it parenting doesn't come with a manual. Um, it's like when uh, you're in school and uh, as an educator, you go and you take these courses and they're teaching you these things about what to expect when you're in the classroom. And then you get in the classroom and you like, whoa, this is not in the book. It's not in the book. When you get the, when you're a parent and you have that baby and you bring that baby home. I don't know about you, ladies, but when I brought when we brought, first brought our daughter home, she was not like the way she was when she was in the hospital. She was very chill in the hospital when we brought her home. She didn't sleep. Who is this baby that we brought? Um, so learning how to pivot that and 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 uh, learning how to parent and to have those conversations. Jacqueline, you said using those past triggers that maybe our parents experienced when they were growing up and kind of like passing that along or what their parents may have experienced and they're just passing these things along. We want to be the change that we see in parenting and that's the biggest thing. And Jasmine, as a uh, like you said, as a parent of a special needs uh, child, it's different. Like and that's a day to day different type of thing. As an educator, you see different things all the time where you got different triggers, different things that's going on. What what your child did yesterday was not what they did today. So just learning your child in general, like being able to have and give yourself that grace that like, hey, I'm learning who I am with my child and giving my child enough grace to learn who I am as a parent as well.
1: And Kim, I want to, I want to say thanks for bringing that up because I think I didn't really realize until I got older that the generational difference between my, my dad and me or my mom and me, it was so different to the point where, you know, it it would cause, you know, friction from time to time. It's like, Yeah, I don't view it like that, (laughs) you know. And 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 uh, sometimes it will it will lead to you know certain circumstances being uncomfortable. But you know, with being able to have just a conversation, like, hey, it's, it's it's not an attack. It doesn't mean that you're the you're the lesser as a parent. You did a bad job. It's just that on this certain situation, you know, I view things slightly different, and that's okay. We can still move on with building the relationship. So yeah, I didn't really realize you know the difference of the generations and experiences that they that they went through you know being a teen in the 80s you know or growing up in the late 70s versus you know me growing up in the 2000s and having my own views and things like that so you know that was something that i had to kind of conclude to when uh as an adult you know had to go through that so yeah i i, I definitely that definitely resonated with me cam
0: and i just want to say one thing you don't know until you become a parent right you just don't know you don't get it until you become that parent um and i think what uh, antoine just said shout out to you first of all antoine because you're a black man coming onto this space talking about conscious parenting shout out to you okay i was so excited i was like yes we get a black man yes because we need y'all in these spaces to have these conversations because y'all are just as much as important All the way around, then it with us black women, okay. But shoot, kudos to you. But I just want to say though, I think you don't really know the dynamics of parenthood until you become a parent. And I, let me tell you something, I've seen so many. I'm gonna be the first to admit it before I became one. I was telling and seeing so many things like, uh uh, if I was a mama, I wouldn't be doing that, and if I was a mama, I wouldn't do that. How you doing that? I can't believe y'all doing that. Uh uh, what they do, and now I'm like. Shut up, girl. Shut. Shut up. What? What? You didn't even know the logistics of parenthood because you. And then just before you, you have all of these great ideas of how you're going to parent. I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna do that. And when that child comes, you find out it's no longer about you. And I think for me, it's for conscious parenting. For me, I'm trying to get that it's not about me. I am here, Lily, to try to. How do I want to say it? guide my child through do through their life, not to run their life. Like the I you're you're not, I'm not here to tell you what you're gonna do. You know, you're gonna want to do what you want to do. And I'm hoping to help inspire you and get you to those places where you want to be. I am not, I'm not the leader. I'm just sometimes I feel like I'm really the follower, but help me in on this conversation, y'all. Because right. I would just how do y'all feel about that? Like I think in our day and age, we were a shut up, do as I say, not as I do, right? And I am trying to really literally be like, see what mommy doing, like do, do as mommy do. (laughs) Don't, don't just do it because I told you to do it, but I'm trying to lead by example in a sense. How do Mm y'all feel about that? And, um, just piggybacking off of the whole thing, whereas far as teaching and then having your own kids, it's so different. So, so, so different because the main thing for me is I'm not getting any sleep now. I was getting full night's sleep when I was teaching preschoolers and I was coming up with all these fancy lesson plans and doing all these exciting things, running back and forth with the kids. I'm not getting any sleep right now. I, I have a thirteen, 14-month-old a that's nursing all night. I'm not getting any sleep. And that makes a difference for sure. And then my two-year-old is nighttime potty training himself, which I was not ready for. And he's like, I have to pee. I'm like, go back to sleep. You're wearing a diaper. So, so it's just like that whole sleep thing is just really unfamiliar for me. And that was like shell shock when I first uh, became a parent for sure yeah i mean there's so many changes that uh are things that you um you don't think about when you're not a parent like <laughs> you take for granted i'll be like i take going to the bathroom by myself for granted i took that for granted <laughs> uh i saw you was trying to say something Antoine. go ahead
1: yeah i was i was going to say it's funny you you brought that up about you know not sort of forcing a particular thought on your child but allowing them to grow and um I, I just recently read a book about that, about, you know, certain circumstances being child developmental oriented, you know, allowing the child to kind of express, you know, the direction of the route that they want to go. And uh, I, I didn't catch it until I read it. I don't, it's, it's it's a book that I read some month ago. It's called The Development the Development of the Psychology of the Black Child by Amos Wilson. So, um, you know, kind of Kind of reading that, I I didn't realize how much I would, you know, hey, no, we're going to do it this way. And then once I kind of caught, I was like, well, okay, well, how do you want to do it? And my son and my son is very much like his father. He will yell his point across if he needs to. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, who are you yelling at? And before I (laughs) catch myself, I'm like, okay, well, slow down. What do you what would you like to do? Communicate that to me. You know what I'm saying? And he and he can express it. He he can tell me how and what he wants to do, the structure and the route he wants to go. And I'll be like, okay, that's fine. And I, I, I'm i kind of growing into that. And I like it. It's working.
0: Giving children the full autonomy to express themselves. We allow kids themselves to express in school, like, you know, uh, with through their artwork, right? But what about when they come home? Like you said before, we were always taught to do as I say, not as I do. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And that's how, that's it. That's all. But giving children full autonomy to be like, okay, well, you know, I kind of want to do it this way, or I'm seeing it this way, looking at from their perspective, um, allowing them to be emotionally intelligent because they have feelings and they, they, they feel a certain way. So giving them the opportunity to say when they're angry, when they're sad, when they're happy, like you, you want to raise children so that when they go out in this world, and we're not there, that they're able to communicate that. Um, and I feel we as parents, not that saying that we all came from like these horrible upbringings. We just were not allowed to say how we felt in the household. I can give a perfect example that when my parents came, when my mom came to visit um, and she saw my son actually having a conversation with my husband about how he was feeling about a certain way, she was taken aback. Like y'all allowing this? Yes. Like, it's okay. It's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to allow someone to a conversation, no matter what age they are. You want to teach them these things so that when they get out in the world, they're able to have communication skills. They're able to tell when they're feeling some kind of way so that when they go... Out here, they're not these uh adults that don't know how to communicate. Shut down, shut down. Yes, yes. 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 I'm so happy she's mentioned yes. it. Yes, you know, right. if we can end, <laughs> we'll end on this now right here. We don't need no more shows because <laughs> that is it, that is a gym, and I think that is what's happening in the black community a lot, a lot, especially. Come on, y'all. Now we're finna get real and Antoine, you're here for this, okay? Because I'm saying we're finna get what? real black men, black men cannot express themselves because we've told them to be man up don't say nothing you can't cry, can't cry. yeah, yeah. No, no don't tell my biggest thing is don't tell my son not to cry don't Ooh. tell my son how to feel when he's hurt he's hurt allow him that he's a boy i don't want i don't like to hear when men say human. Oh, he's a boy. he a, he can cry too yes. that's why you can't cry that's so, why right. you're mad and frustrated and ready to pop off and shoot any yes. and everything yes, because definitely. you can't express your emotions.
1: Yes, yes. I, I definitely, you said. I definitely think that with Black men, you know, being pervasive with emotional intelligence and emotional growth is something that needs to be, you know, talked about more. When I train, you know, my, my, my youth, my young adults, I always tell them to, you know, be in the moment of being conscious of the decisions, the people you're around and what's going on. You know, if you are angry, understand why that's going on. If you are unhappy, it's okay to, you know, say that, but also understand the value of communication with that as well. To be angry doesn't always have to come off like an attitude or just, yo, What it is what we have to do like you pulling yours i'm pulling mine like it doesn't have to escalate to that you know uh seeing value and just communication even if you guys still disagree that's okay it didn't have to lead to that and have to escalate further on just like hey the world is big enough like you see this way you see it that way i see it this way and we can separate and go our separate ways and that's just fine that's fine
0: that part that part come on jasmine you guys said a word autonomous and a lot of times we don't allow for we say it but we don't allow for children to truly live it to truly have an opportunity to be independent except when it comes to expressing their feelings and a lot of times we were raised to just say you're sorry i don't know about you guys but i had a sibling and i wasn't always sorry i did what i did and that was it but we force children to say that they're sorry When in actuality, we want to help them to understand that emotional intelligence and say, wait a minute, I hurt this person. Look at how that you made them feel. Their body is hurt. And then how do we fix it? So we try to, we need to try to encourage encourage them to be more empathetic around what someone is dealing with. So they're hurt because you bit them or you scratched them or whatever. Let's fix it versus just this blanket, I'm sorry, and leaving it to them not to have the space to do that. As a boy mom, a lot of times I find myself saying, okay. In the world, you're not going to have a voice of when it comes to your feelings. So forcing it. Tell me how you feel. Well, he was using frustrated at two or three. People are like, does he really understand? Yes, he does. He's frustrated. He's not mad. He's not sad. He's just frustrated with the situation. And I want you guys to hear him when he says it. And then let's figure out collectively how to fix it. How to help him get beyond it. And when we don't allow that, that's when impulsive behavior runs rampant. When we don't allow a child to have an opportunity to say this ain't right to me or we don't allow them a voice and we don't respond to them effectively when they things are going well and when it goes wrong, we're responding to the negative. So that's what I think we have to focus more on is giving them more of that time and attention when things go right. You said a lot. I can't even die. I like I could not even chop some because that was a lot. It was a lot. And um, one thing I wanted, I, I guess I'm going to touch on because it was so many things that you said, but one thing, um the voice, right? Talking about giving our kids voices, um, our children voices at home and then having to go outside and then they don't have that. I had a conversation recently with someone um and I was telling her that um I feel like there's privilege in conscious parenting because when you... Can do it at home, you know. When you're sending your kids out here into the the space that we have um racism bias, they're not going to be able to do what we're telling them to do. So, how do we address that narrative? Because that's my that's my nervousness. Okay. I have a daughter, the Deve- veil baby, talking about parenting yourself. I am definitely doing that. <laughs> when I say stubborn. Submarine and don't care what she say that is my child i swear to god (laughs) um but i have i'm like i'm freeing her the space to do that here but when we go outside i'm trying to figure out how to manage that because i know what she's doing in this world how do we come on what's the tips on that y'all how can we address that
2: i'm gonna jump in and i'm gonna say i am big on communication so wherever they are at granny pawpaw school whatever this is how we're raising her this is what she's allowed to do and I'm everything like i sent a two-page cheat sheet like hey if she's frustrated she may tell you i'm upset i need some space so don't take offense to that because she's telling you i'm upset i need some space and us as i can speak for me i wasn't allowed to do that as a kid I wasn't massively abused or anything but having that voice and that hey I just need some time to process or I'm, I'm angry or whatever I wasn't allowed that and I see in the education world the difference of the kids that are allowed to be their own self and find their own self and voice their opinion and the ones that aren't that's where you do get that impulsivity so one of the things I've been saying I know since she could talk is If you are not calm, you cannot think. And if you cannot think, you cannot leave. And she would, and I mean, I had a screamer. She wouldn't whine, she would scream. And I'm like, well, what do you need? You have words, you can talk, tell me what you need. And she can verbally tell you everything that she needs. So us as adults have to hold that space for them to get that out or either show us what they need where my, oldest is very verbal. My second is coming around, but if she she's that if she's in a mood, she's in a mood and she's not gonna talk to you until she's ready to talk to you. And if she does not like you, she will not talk to you. She will go a year without talking to you. And you'll be like, can she talk? And I'm like, no, she can talk very well. She just don't want to talk to you. And when she does talk, she's gonna let you know don't touch me. I don't like that. Or she and it takes people aback when they hear little black kids voice their opinion and we just have to really communicate that where I'm in parent teacher conference and, a par- and the teacher was like, yeah, well, you know, she had a, a moment and was falling out. And I said, well, what, what triggered it? Because every behavior comes from a need not being met or something triggering it. So what triggered it? And she's like, Oh, well, we had to go outside and she wouldn't let a um, I didn't let her get her scarf. And I'm like, well, if I send her to school with a scarf, she knows she's supposed to come outside with that scarf and she's supposed to come home with it. So she should be upset that you weren't listening to her telling you she needs her scarf. So that's not her problem, that's an adult problem. And her teacher was like, oh. And she was like, oh, well, yeah, you know, I said, she can verbalize everything she needs. So if you ever have an issue or you listening, to what she's telling you. These kids are a totally different breed where my youngest, I could be like, hey, you know, just randomly be like, hey, daughter, I love you. And she'd be like, "Mm, I just like you right now. you got to pull ego out of that. And I was like, okay. And like, (laughs) I was like, all right. And she's like, I love you tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. I don't even know how to process it, but all right, I feel you. Maybe I made you mad at snack time. I don't know. But allowing her you say you and her y'all related. she <laughs> <laughs> she be saying some stuff, and I be like, oh, "All right." <laughs> I mean, but you I mean, have to, right. to give them space. Where sometimes, you know, she don't want to talk, and she'll be falling out, and I just see it. Uh, it was it was a, a white man, and his son was just tantruming, and he just sat there on the floor and let them fall out for about 15, 20 minutes. And sometimes, that's me. Sometimes I'm like, all right, well, you let me know when you're ready. And she, I hate this. I hate the wall. I hate wall, wall. And I'll be like, all right, just let me know when you're ready. And then she'll calm down and be like, I couldn't get my shoe on right. And I'm like, okay, well, let me help you. But you got to let them process this so then they can't know, oh, I don't have to kick the wall. I can just say, hey, I need help. It's a, there's a order in the way kids process things that we have to teach them because they don't automatically know like us as adults.
0: Jim, um, and one thing I wanted to like uplift is that you're saying, and that not only should the parent, we the outside folks, people who are in, around children, period. We need to make this a norm of allowing, if you see somebody in the grocery store and their child is having a fit, keep going. Ignore. <laughs> let that lady, let that parent, let that father, whoever it is, do what they're doing because overall, they're probably doing what you're doing. Letting them process and getting their their, their stuff out. It's too many times that I've heard or, you know, I felt some type of way because I am like letting veil just have a, a fit and people looking at me are crazy like, she ain't gonna whip her or she ain't gonna, she ain't gonna do nothing. And I'm just like, I cry sometimes. Sometimes I throw a <laughs> I'm still learning how to process my own feelings, okay? So why can't we allow the child the space to do that? Why giving is that so Go ahead, Jasmine. Give that parent a pat on the back because there's so many people in the grocery store looking at them like, what you going to do? But in actuality, they don't understand what their children need. So they're taking the time to allow them to have that moment, and they're being judged. They're being judged by people in, in their own house and families and everybody else in the store. And sometimes they need someone to say... You're doing the best you can, um, and that's it. Because that, as a parent of a child with with major behavior issues, I'm that parent. I'm the one that's in that store where people are looking at me, and I'm just like, "Good day." <laughs> you
1: know, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Jasmine. Uh, yeah. I think with that experience for me, like it came with, you know, being able to see it up close in person and to learn not to judge. You know, because before I had kids, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going I'm to do this. I'm going to do that. And, you know, my son and my nephew are, are, are in close age and my nephew has autism. So sometimes he actually has, you know, times where he just goes off the hinge. And now I'm just looking like, OK, well, that's my nephew. I just know. I, I just know. And so when I see someone in the store, when I see a child that maybe, may be doing something that I, I even may disagree with, but at the same time, I say, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the situation. I don't know the connection. I don't know what's going through with that child. You know what? I'm just keep it moving. If I if I can help in any way, I will. But I won't judge. I will just keep it moving.
0: You know, I think sometimes uh, people forget like we were kids once, right? And I think I think uh, as adults, we're like we're just people. Like, oh, we got this all together. No, you don't. You you have fits and right. you want to help. So why do you think a kid is supposed to be this? perfect individual who's going through all these different emotions and all these different feelings and all these different these body changes and all and supposed to have it together when the adult yourself don't have it all together because yeah, she
1: was remote last night I'm still pissed about it
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was um, I was trying to go to my professor for something in college and I was pregnant with my oldest and I'm trying to express myself and she dismissed me so her dismissing me, I went to another professor to try to talk about it. And then her not knowing, like I was, wasn't was using names, her not knowing what exactly the issue was or which professor kind of hurt my feelings, she called that same professor into the room. But then I had a complete meltdown. And the professor that dismissed me was like, you're being rude. You need to stop crying and talk to me. And I'm just like, "I'm I'm like 8 months pregnant, can you just give me some space? Like I need space. You didn't have time for me a, a minute ago. I just need space. And it was it was just interesting like how all of that played out and it's just like I have feelings and emotions that I need to process. I'm not being rude. So the whole thing with conscious parenting is really taking your ego out of it and making sure you're aware of your your triggers, like we talked about before. And um, I know my biggest trigger is me tired. And if I have a headache, you know, then I'm just like short attention span and I, I like well, like low patience level rather. And then it's just like. I need a minute. Mommy needs a minute. I'm going to go, you know, in the room and relax. Uh, I need a minute. So just being aware of that and teaching your kids. Like I have the two boys and sometimes my oldest is like, I need a minute, Joshua. You know, I don't, I don't want to play right now. And he'll go in his room and shut the door. And I'm like, at the, you know, one part of me is like, but your brother is crying now because he wants to play with you. But it's also like, okay, let me just distract the baby because he needs a minute. Now I have to respect that. Respecting his their boundaries. Because kids are developing boundaries also, right? And again, it goes back to leading by example, as the comment says, um, right, you you said when you felt like you were like at your ends, hey, I need a minute. Let me let me go over here. And now he's like, oh, mommy's need a minute. Now I'm feeling overwhelmed. I need, I'm frustrated. I need a minute. <laughs> Get away. I need a minute. <laughs> so I agree. I think that goes back to show that. They definitely see us and they do and um they do as we do, they do as we do, and so I think that's why you get those videos sometimes where you have a, the kids cursing and stuff like that. And um, now nah, don't get me wrong, y'all. I am a cursor. I'm trying to do better. But even when I was a cursor and the van was cursing, I didn't say I did say, Oh, you can't say that. And now when I say it, guess what she says to me. You can't say that, mommy. And I'm like, you know, right, DeVille, you are exactly right. Mommy can't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be saying that. So it's like I give her the respect just like I would want her to give me the respect. I treat her just like, you know, I would want to be treated in some sense. But I think what I want to go back to um, is what Jeannie said is we're sometimes we're tired. Let's be real, right? we everybody don't have you know the support systems because shout out to jasmine i heard you say you had a great support system um kimberly and i know adrian and antoine um y'all got y'all coupled up so sometimes and i know jenny got a great husband so i know sometimes we don't have that support right some parents are out here literally doing it alone right they're struggling they're just trying to survive so sometimes they ain't even got the patience to say i got a minute because that minute has been long overdue. Um, they're coming home from work. That's done, stress them out, trying to take care of children by their, uh, by themselves. You know, homework, cooking, and cleaning, and all these things, and they don't have no support. How can the community show up in these spaces? Because now it's outside of a, I mean, it's outside of an individual. How can we now the community show up? This is where you actually tap into your community. There are tons of resources that are available, such as like the Boys and Girls Club. Um, they have uh, resources for after school programs. There's the parents is teachers program that is there to provide support for people who are zero to five. There's, we have to help, under, help our community understand what's available to them and being like and giving them the autonomy to be like, it's OK. See, that's the other part of it. Like we have these resources, but I feel like sometimes we don't feel like we should go like. My mama didn't go to that. Why do I got to go? I'm I'm okay. Like, but saying, but you're not okay. Just because you're telling us you're okay, you're not okay, sis. You not. You don't have somebody helping you. Let somebody help you. Like, it's okay to accept help in this moment. Like, there are tons of resources that are available to provide you with respite care or just give you like your little two-hour break or, you know, something that is needed for you. Um, helping wanting to receive that help is the biggest part mm, that
1: well, I, I, I want to ask you guys a question because it's I believe it's tied to you know the question you just asked like how does one like you say Jeannie said she was tired and she needed a minute what does their process look like you know in the home? like what are some of the things you you can do to say, okay well I need a minute, I'm going to maybe do this for my son, do this for my daughter, to allow them to stay busy. Like, what's what's their process like? You know, what I mean, like a genuine question. Like, what's their process like for y'all?
0: I literally set a timer. Um, my son is really big on timers. You know, like when it's the end of screen time, like we have a bedtime timer. So, like we use the Google Home. So I will literally say, you know, I need five minutes or whatever, and. I'll set a timer, so it's kind of like, okay, the timer goes off, I take a breath, and then I'm back at it. But um, this book I wanted to share with you guys, is called What to Do When You Feel Like Hitting. And it's really beneficial for me too. Um, it just talks through, like you can go to a calm down area, and then it talks through it in, in toddler friendly language. So it's introducing those topics. Um, it talks about opening, closing your fist, Um, It has some sign language in here, which we did teach um, both of my sons signs, um, like more and help and different things like that to help them express themselves if they are um, nonverbal or younger. And then just um, knowing like, like, because hitting wasn't ever like my oldest problem, but I can substitute those things for yelling for me, you know, or for him and just making sure it's just a coping mechanism so when you when you're having those big feelings you can um share share the book or you know when when things are calm you can give them those tools because when you're um when you're stressed and you can't really think but if you have those tools in your back pocket then you can pull them out or you know what even allowing um your child to create social stories so social stories are super big. So what you can do with those is that's something that you can print off and you can do that as an activity together. So that if they have an issue with hitting or if they have an issue with being upset, hey, go get your social story. Let's let's read it. That's something that we can create together as a um, as a as a home activity. But go through that um, together. Wait a minute. Is
1: that what you do? Mm-hmm. So when <laughs> you go and I'm by myself, what you? <laughs> um- I know oh, um, like, <laughs> I actually
0: started um teaching my children how to meditate. So um usually on the weekends in the morning, you know, we'll get up and we'll meditate for a good five minutes and um I ask them how they feel and things like that. And it kind of brings um a peaceful and calmness to us and It seems like it helps them with getting along with each other early months, the day, but sometimes later on, you know, they'll get into things. And and usually when I want time to myself, I will, you know, just I will honestly just tell them, you know, can mommy have like some time to herself? You know, I close my door and usually, you know, they'll go to their room. Cause they, my kids, they love to be in my room under me like I you know I have adults and I have teenagers and I got toddlers so I have like all groups so it's like um I see the big difference in my older children because I didn't really I wasn't really aware of conscious parenting when I had them you know my two oldest and um I really see how my parenting style then had Affect them as teen, you know, as young adults, um, versus my my um, teenage daughter, and she's. I mean, I see a, a big difference, but other than that, it's like, you know, it has made me a better parent. So I'm just so happy that I learned this because, and I feel like that's why they help the community itself because it all helps us grow and help us become better people. And you won't be so afraid of letting other people help you raise your child because I feel like, as they used to say in the back, you know, back in the day, it takes a village to raise a child. I really believe in that.
1: Yeah. And,
0: a lot of people are so against it, I believe, uh, uh because of probably how they parent, they whoop their kids. That part, they come on yell girl. at their kids, they don't get a full understanding and get eye to eye level with them. So, you know, they don't want other people to do it to them, their child, but yeah. it's okay for them to do it. Like
2: make it make sense.
0: <laughs> Whew, that is a that right there is a mouthful. Um, because that is one of my things, like. I talk about having a village and talking about wanting a village, but at the same time, you know, and getting help. But like you said, I don't want to put my children in a certain circumstance where I know they're going to get traumatically. Ex- the, the, they're going to get experienced traumatic. Like this is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, and Because again, like at my house, they have the freedom, literally the, to- tired up it feels like it's turned up every day but <laughs> at someone else's house i know their children are sitting down they house clean they nice they like it to be this way and that way like my kids and i know this is not like everybody like her kids jumping on couches but whatever so they have fun um <laughs> but i know they can't do that everywhere and so just trying to distinguish the difference for them is like and then my i just want my kids home to be their safe space do you hear me like outside these walls you have enough to fight okay like come home take your everything off and just be your safe space because we're fighting enough outside i don't want to fight in the home so i just know everybody ain't that type of person so i can't just like i don't feel comfortable sending them any and everywhere because it's not they're not going to get the same reaction it's just what it is and i'm I'm with you kimberly i feel like that's why we're so selfish about in that space of not letting everybody tend to our children because no one is. Everyone is about this space of consciousness. I have two things I want to say. One, going back to what we talked, when you guys talked about having the social stories and having those expectations, my son has a processing delay. So things that come easy for some children don't always come easy for him. But I went on Amazon because I feel like I know that there's an importance in giving the child a visual to like help them to remember something. So we use like these little magnets. The box is actually right here. Um, it's just a box full of little magnets of things that he can do. So when he says, well, I'm done with my breakfast. What do I do next? I say, well, go look at the pictures because they're all in the refrigerator. Give After the breakfast, you in. put your clothes on, you know. You can't so- show it again. Oh, yeah, How people can really see it. Put it up a little more. There we go. They're like visual aids. Yeah, They're visual aids. they mag is a magnetic set, and it has everything you ever <laughs> want to think of in this box. There are over um three hundred little magnets. Everything, Choose. walk to school, put your coat on, close the car door. I mean everything. So it has really, really helped. Um, just the morning routine, just to kind of give him that visual reminder of things that that. This should come very easy for some children, but don't for all. Um, So in addition to that, you guys were uh, just talking about the importance of making sure the community around you understands how you want to parent your child. We were going to therapy and I could not for the life of me get my mother on board around like we had boundaries and we couldn't do this. These grandparents are different don't have none they can't say no yeah, they can't yeah. do none of these things so i need you to go walk with me mom and dad right um if i set a, a rule here that rule kind of should stand at your house too so yes that's my support because i'm a single foster parent but at the same time it's like oh you, I gotta reprogram you from coming from Granny's house. Like you don't think that that's your reality. But one thing I I learned is that they're groups for our parents too. Um, learning how to parent the the, the new era children, a new era grandchildren. So there are things out there. There's support groups. My therapist or his play therapist actually said, "Why don't you bring them with you?" I'm like, "I can do that." I didn't realize that was a thing. That's good. I didn't realize that that. That thirty minutes that I get with you, I could bring them in too, and then they can hear it. Cause sometimes it don't work when it come from you. You can. That's I'm a right. professional, Ooh. and he still ain't registered Cause I'm. We're still their children. Um. So knowing right. that sometimes we have to bring our whole community into the circle when it's time to parent our children to say, okay, this is what's gonna work for our our family. Agreed. I yes, and I definitely have a parent educator that comes to our house to teach my husband <laughs> because he won't listen to me. Damn it. Look, no, no. Same. <laughs> Look, These grandparents, they something else. And it, it took him a, a while to kind of get on board as well with what we were what I was trying to do with our with our children. Now he's he's he got the game and he he's running. But like like you said, Jasmine, these grandparents, I can remember for for my grandmother. Love her dearly. I know for a fact my mom and them told them we could not have certain things. But granny, they made sure it was a a shopping bag full of bag of chips up under the sink that we could go and grab and a pop uh, in the refrigerator to go and grab, knowing that my mom and them said no. So now that I have kids and my children don't drink pop, that when we come to Chicago to visit, my granny will say, well, can they have a piece of pop? No, granny, they can't have a piece of pop, like it's okay. No, it's not okay. So, but how do you teach? Um, so my granny will be 90 this year, she's been this way my whole life. How you gonna teach her to tell her great grandkids? No, I'm sure, right? She's no, you know what, it is what it is, but you know, allowing, you know what, it's okay. I was just about to say, sometimes (laughs) I had to, for my sake. Right, choose your battles because sometimes, like, what? in my sister's house, they turned up. <laughs> you heard me. They be turned at my sister's house. Shout out to my sister. And I'll be like, that's their that fun spot. I'm not going to, like, deny them that. Like, they go over there because at my house, we listen to and blah, 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 all day, every day, you know. Over there, they get, you know, some, some radio play. <laughs> and I'll be like, Lord Jesus. But, hey, it is what it is. I'm going to let you have that space. But also, when you come home, you just know what it is over here. Um. So I think it is like you gotta sometimes pick your battles. Um, and, and it ain't like it's horrific if they have it once in a while, right? Um, because they're gonna find it somewhere anyway. If they don't get it at your house or her house, they gonna get it somewhere at school or with a friend. So it's like you can't be too strict to where they're not in having some type of spaces. Um, but you also, like, you do want to have, like, your, your, your standard of what is going to be experienced at home and what this is like. And just explaining and conversating. Again, being very much transparent and talking to these children. Um, I think that's the thing. A com- communication. Like, we feel like we can't talk to them. And if I say what I say, this is what I say. And I'm like, no, explain yourself. Um, and I try to do that a lot. Explain myself. Like, even when I'm doing something wrong. If I might say, you know, like, I might scream. Hey, Tivea, I'm sorry. I was very frustrated. I shouldn't have screamed. I apologize. I was wrong. Do you accept mommy's apology? Mommy will try to do better moving forward because I'm human, too. And we are human. We're not going to be these super parents. Um, and I want I'm just saying that for the listeners It's like, give, like, go back to that. Give yourself grace. Um, Because you are human also. Um, And just like conscious parents is, again, just knowing what you, just being aware of what you're doing and uh, how to move forward addressing it. You know, and something Kimberly said, Kimberly, I applaud you. You are raising your kids in different developmental milestones. Like you said, you got adults, you got teens, you got toddlers. Those are some whole different things you have going on. I don't think what people really realize is those different developmental milestones that, People grow up and sometimes everybody don't meet their their developmental milestones at the same wavelength. Everybody not doing it at the same time. So to see that you're out here raising seven children at, at different ages and different generations, different things that's going on, I commend you for that. Like That's that's tight to me. I, I really wanted Thank to you. go back <laughs> to what we were talking about in regards to a village. Because what happens when the village is broken?
2: I'm going to jump in there. So we have a really, really, really good Village and it's a big village, but in that village there are boundaries. Like there are, all right. I don't have to tell Granny such and such. Y'all have a certain amount of sugar y'all can intake. So if she baking you pies and cakes, we got a fifteen minute limit over there. Cause it's you can't you can't keep them two hours. You can't. I'm coming home and it's cakes and pies. Wait a minute now. Dentistry costs too much. No. They cannot, they cannot come over your house unattended. Or, you know, if I know you grew up getting yelled at, called out your name, and you did the same to your kid, we can go, we can go shopping together. We can get that mommy break in like that, but you watching my kid unsupervised, no. The ones that are on the same wavelength yes, y'all can go over there. You can go play in the back, do whatever you want to do while we wind down. So it, it is um, really, really communicating where, you know, I had to, hey, we only do we only do black Barbies over here. We only do black shows the first four or five years. That's all we watching. We're not watching traditional Disney. So if you're not on that wavelength, my kid can't come over there. Like, I need you to understand because you're going to undo the programming that I'm trying to build in that confidence and and that consciousness that goes behind it and the intentionality behind that where we were um, we were somewhere and they were like, hey, little girl. And she was like, oh, that's not my name. This is my name. Don't call me out of my name. And she's like, oh, she just rude. And I'm like, no, you called her out of her name. That's not what you call her. And teaching them those things in conversation so when you're not with me and you're in school or you're at camp or whatever you can voice your opinion and say hey you don't call me that and if it escalates okay you bring that back to mommy and mommy can handle it but i want them to be as carefree my goal is to raise carefree black kids i want them to be able to go and jump in puddles and not think oh my god i'm gonna mess my shoes up i'm gonna get in trouble or oh, I'm going to get in the water, I'm going to mess my heart. No, like, go swim. Go play. Like, I want you to be a kid. Like, we unfortunately don't really get that luxury to just be free. And, like, how you were saying, like, your kids are on a couch. Like, it is, it, is, it is very privileged. And so, like, my kids are free range, but they know in this house there are boundaries. So, this living room is off limits to you. But you can do whatever you want to do in that room as long as you clean it up. This this top of the refrigerator, don't touch it. That bottom, that's all yours. You can get your as many snacks as you would like. Water, it's like there are boundaries. And so when we go to other people's houses, I had to like, kind of add in that other piece, like, hey, you can't just go and open somebody's refrigerator. That's not That's not decorum. So then we have those decorum conversations of, hey, the kids only watch TV over here. They don't get to play and, and run and da, da 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 Or, you know, my kids skate at 8 in the morning in the house. I don't care. You know, but you can't go do that at Granny such-and-such such house because she got all glass on the floor. That ain't going to work. So it's a lot of intentional teaching behind it. And it's a lot of, all right, we know. If we go to Papa James' house, y'all just going to watch football all day. So let me make sure you got your tablet. Let me make sure you got some snacks because he don't care you allergic to peanut butter. He going to give you whatever in there. So knowing knowing the folks that's in your village and and just moving them accordingly um, is really, really major. And sometimes you got to outsource or I, I put it into my budget where the girls got a nanny. Like if I just have to, Hey, I know you she gonna listen, listen. like useless. Come on, because I was
0: just about to say we need some nannies and we need some uh some housekeepers up in these listen. black homes, baby.
2: Let's make like, let's normalize that. What she do gonna mean? do whatever you put on this sheet. If you say all they can do is board games and books, that's all she gonna do. And and sometimes you need that to be able to go about your day and handle whatever little business that you have because you know Granny gonna give her that soda. My baby came home and was like, we went to McDonald's and I had a Sprite. And I'm like, a Sprite? Oh, my God. What? A ma- I don't drink Sprite. So it's those things like, you know what? Let me just go on and, you know, chunk it up and go and book the nanny so I can do this and I don't got to worry about any of that, any of those sidebar conversations I would have to circle back and have.
0: That part though, I really want to get on that. Come on, I'll see you, Jasmine. Come on, just put the nanny's contact information in the chat. You know what I mean, sis? <laughs> no, real talk, y'all. I was just thinking, like, in the black community for us, we have made that like yeah. it's a bad thing. <laughs> Like, we made that so uppity. Like, oh, she thinks she does, because she, baby, since I was just manifesting, and oh, Lord, thank you. When it going to come through? Let me get me a a nice little nanny. I'm going to give me a nice little housekeeper, and I'm going to be able to to sit outside in my backyard Mm and do the wine, and I'm going
2: to be like. Book your nanny. "Nanny." When I I say I was worried, and I'm like, let me hurry up, and they probably driving her up the wall when I came in. My kids didn't move, and I'm like, damn. My kids ain't miss me like i went back out and came in i'm like my kids are sitting here reading a story like they don't see me <laughs> and so i'm like okay
0: this is sometimes cool. they need a, and i think that also gives them the space to get away from us you know yeah. i think it's probably one, a, a break from ourselves. them or oh, yeah. their parents you know so they um, do. Yeah. yeah so i think that will also be a way to give um Grannies were back in the day. Not no more. I don't know. These mean. new age grannies They doing it. They not doing it. They not, not doing, doing the To right. be outside. These new <laughs> age is outside. They are not like like the grannies we had. That's the difference. <laughs> and they're still working. And they're, still working. And like they they're still working. Like yes. they're still working. They're still doing them essentially. Like they're not retired. No, my grandparents no, no. were retired, so they were able to keep us and you know make sure take us to vacation bible school and revival and all that stuff now grannies are still working that's just the way it is but like you said being okay with having a nanny a housekeeper being okay with getting a doula like it's okay to get those supports there are supports here in the community that can be provided and and you can get it to where it can be cost efficient and that's what I was gonna say. Is like now for, for me, it's it's how do we provide? Because okay, we talking about this, and this is really great. Like I'm my goal. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm working. Come on, y'all, come. I'm working on it. But we know there's people that livable can't do that. It's just not a livable. Or re, it's just not gonna happen. Um, and so how do we, the community? And this is when we get into like these, the organizations we're talking about. Um the um, um companies like uh, all around village come up and say okay now we need to start providing these resources or maybe even elected officials tap in do we need some policies in this what can we do to make sure that we're having that for our for those people that maybe cannot tap in um,
2: financially build relationships I think that's the, the big thing I think that's the biggest difference in our generation and the generation before where when I was growing up, if my mom wasn't watching us on the bus stop, the other mom was. Or, oh, it's winter. We in, we taking tr- turns in who, a different parent car. So we not on a bus stop cold. But now, we don't have that anymore. Like, you don't really know your neighbors. You you know, unless they're older, you don't really know your neighbors. You don't have a community with them. Your kids might go outside, but they're playing in your yard. So we gotta kind of get back to a space of building relationship. Where, hey, you know, I I see you work nights, I work days. You want me to keep an eye out on your house, or you know, anything. Your kids get off the same time as my kids. You know, do they go to boys and girls club? Just having those little conversations and building community, because unfortunately, it's not there. I don't know what happened, but it's not there where the other day, I'm like, this little baby outside in the ice and cold, where are his parents? And then the other parent was on the bus stop, and they baby was in the car, and I'm like, I don't know if I would have let this baby stand in the cold, like, hey, call your mama so you can get in the car. Like, we don't have that anymore, There's
0: no safety. There's no relationships. And then we don't feel safe even doing that, providing that resource or service sometimes to the person down the street, because how are they going to react and respond to us intervening? And that's what we have to change as a community. Stop taking everything that someone says to you offensive um, and receive the help. So we're not open and something shifted. I don't know when or where, but we're just not open to as many things and creating those, those relationships. And that's where we have to, that has to change. You know what? I think, I think part of it too is um, parents cannot be so trusting. And I feel like, you know, conscious parenting is starting to, people are starting to be a little more aware of it, I do believe, because um, I've met a few parents who knew about it. Um, and I do try, you know, to, I, you know, go to my kids' school often, and I talk to other parents, and I talk to their teachers. You know, I, I try to be a little resourceful and help people out and direct them and guide them to some teaching, because, honestly, like, with my, my children – I am a little cautious and aware about where my kids go and who I, you know, put my kids around um, because, but at the same time, I know my kids communicate with me and we have a good relationship and I, you know, I listen to them and if they tell me anything, I, I believe it, you know, cause some parents can be in denial and they yes. don't believe in their kids. And I feel like taking your kids to other places, can it 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 also you know helps them be aware too because they're practicing awareness with you so like not being not having I feel like when you put your kids in certain places and they are not you know being brought up the way that you know they are brought up at home a lot of they, they can get mistreatment from being in other places and my kids they tend to communicate that with me if and they I think they take it in pretty good you know like is because they understand that other people you know are healing and they are hurt and they're projecting their pain on them. So, I'm really happy that my kids, they understand those things. I mean, my 8-year-old, he does and my teenage daughters do. They don't really too much take it personal but they are being being able to teach them about conscious parenting has caused, it has helped them, you know, practice awareness and let go of their ego and things like that. I even got a grandbaby right now so yeah, I'm excited that. about that. I'm a grandmother now but, um, i feel like i was able to let my kids express themselves do what they want to do be you know whatever they want to be and not project what i want them to be because my mother was very like hard on me and very strict on me and oh you know she was so afraid of me having a child at a young age and it was just you know and honestly it ended up spilling off on me the what she feared it it projected back on me and i feel like as parents we have to be careful of that yeah i agree
1: kind of getting back to the original question that you asked vanna and and cam thank you for sharing that because that's definitely something that i think all everyone on the panel could probably speak to to some degree but definitely, uh, you know, with Jacqueline and with Jasmine saying, building the relationship, building the safe space. And I think the biggest thing that Jacqueline harped on is that even in the community and building, you know, that safe extension of, you know, um, your neighbor and your neighborhood to some degree looking out for your children or other, I think it comes with, like Jacqueline said, boundaries. You know, to some degree, it's not, in, it's not a close-knit, you know, as far as like being an immediate part of the village, but it could be sort of an extension cord. You know, what I mean, it could be an extension. You know, my neighbor. You know, when when we go out of town, you know, my wife, she kind of looked at me funny when we, when I first brought it up. I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, my neighbor Angie, she's gonna look out to the house when we travel. She's like, that happens. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, we built the communication. You know, uh, you know, she talks to me. She talks. To, uh, she talks to me. I talk to her. You know, I know her kids, I say hi to them, you know, they out the store, I blow a hunk. And so I think, uh, you know, just kind of creating an extension, you know, with boundaries, you know, Hey, I'll, you know, uh, initiating sometimes either. It doesn't have to always just, you know, come to you. You can initiate that relationship and that boundary as well. And I think uh, with more communication, you know, like, you know, like you guys said, with more communication, being up front, initiating their relationship, with a boundary, with the proper boundary, you know, the neighborhood itself could, you know, form into a safe space, building a relationship to the point where, you know, you guys have a kind of safety net on your block and your neighborhood. And that's where it could start as well.
0: I think that's a valid point <clears throat> and i think that's what we do like a lot in our communities um is when we look at our the the way we're living it's definitely a lot of selfishness and like it's just my house um and then i think back one thing uh the the grandparents decade i can remember i always say this is that my grandparents that everybody around that space knew the deans okay <laughs> and so i could be all around this corner and i could be on that corner but for me, um unfortunately, my kids don't even leave my little square um of my house like I don't let them go old enough. But secondly, I just you know and there's little kids across the street and I know there's some kids up up you know up the street a little bit but I just have not formed that much of a relationship, like you said, with them to like, hey, you can go across the street and play. That mom's going to watch them. Or, you know, maybe I've seen. And I'm like, oh, no, you just ain't going over there. Um, So I think it is, is we definitely have to get outside of ourselves and our spaces. Um, but I think that goes back to a lot of other things. You know, home ownership. When you know you're going to be in that space for a long period of time, you're going to kind of want to get to know your neighbors because they're, they're going to be there. But if you like popcorn in it, you're not even settled enough to really know or figure out what's going on in that that neighborhood because you're trying to figure out where I'm going to go lay another day. So I think it's a lot of underlining things um, that goes against that grain. But ideally, that would be the best for us to do is, like, get to really know who's in our communities and on our streets and our blocks. Um, For sure. I definitely um, babysit for my friends and, like, we switch back and forth if I'm in need. Like, if I do have a visit on the weekend because my husband works weekends, so I don't need it during the week but like we'll switch off and babysit each other's kids. Yeah. Yeah. We use, we, 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 I'm not from here. So my family is in Chicago, but my husband's family does well with babysitting. Again, Um, our friends that we went to college with, uh, we, our kids are kind of all around the same age. So we kind of tag team and do what we do. And, you know, try to be that village be that support It's something that you said it made me uh remember back when we used to have neighborhood block parties back in chicago so i don't know if they do that here but yeah Your but, just came out <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know yeah like i don't know if they do that here but in chicago we have block <laughs> parties and those were like the best like every summer Every uh-huh. year you knew that it was going to be the block party and, and Miss Johnson yes. up was going to cook and it was going to be a DJ music kids was out playing. It. That's how you saw your neighbors. See, the neighbors come out when it's bad stuff that happened. If the police was outside, I guarantee you, all oh, of they look everybody looking. But when it's the good, why, why don't we come out just to say, hey, how you doing? I'm such yeah. a bunch. I live up the street. You know, yeah, my kids go, you know just to be that it's time for us as a people to get back to that to where we were before like it was always a good thing to have these neighborhood block parties to be around the neighborhood to i couldn't wait to go to the neighborhood block party couldn't wait i mean it was just fun and seeing all those different people it's just time to figure out what we have to do as a as a community to get back to that i agree I think that would be super dope if we could bring something in that space of like each street every other, you know, month or something each street block it off and let's let's have a block party so people can get to know um their streets and their blocks and their community cuz we definitely got to come Together, um, and I feel like once you get to know the people that you're around, less of the crime will happen. Um, more of the village mindset will start si- setting in, and again, our communities will will flourish and thrive. But I also, again, <clears throat> like to say we have to address mental health in that space too, and I think that's what has gotten us to where we are, also. Um, because everybody ain't gonna show up like we, 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 we send her thinking like we have some people, but everybody ain't gonna show up like that. So we definitely have to re- be mindful of mental health in that space. And that's, that's a whole nother subject. Because I think too, mental health plays into parenting, right? That's a big play into parenting. Absolutely. <laughs> it is the root of parenting. You can't pour from an empty cup. You can't give the child something that you don't have. So we have to be mindful of checking in, you know, as it relates to your mental health. You guys, I'm going to say this. We talked in the beginning about a handbook. I thought I had the handbook. I'm an early childhood professional. I thought I could do it. Parenting, I got this. Special needs, this is my lane. But when I tell you it has been the opposite of what I expected, I mean, there's great pieces. There's great moments. But parenting the child that has trauma or a child that has genetics that you don't know much about has been difficult. Like it has been a journey. Um, so mental health is something that I, I scream and and I'm telling I try to tell people all the time, stop saying you're OK when we know you're not. So taking that moment to say, you know what? Like we talked about earlier, I got to tap out. I need to schedule an appointment with my therapist. I need to get you set up with someone that you can talk to. I need a support group. I need the school to understand when you get suspended. It's not because you're a bad kid or it's not because I've parented you incorrectly. It's just who you are. and We're trying to muddle through these waters. But Figuring out and, and reminding yourself and all those people on your blog at your job that we have to check in and we have to get our own mental health under control because we can't parent if we're mentally unhealthy. So true. So true. Ooh, gems. Gems. Gems noted. And my- well, I
2: think that's part of it, that break. Hold on. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's part of that break where I like I have to tell my kids like hey Mommy need a break. Give me a break. Y'all got several rooms to go into. Please go anywhere. Give me a break. I'll be back. I love y'all. Give me a little break. Let me let me take a nap. Let me you know whatever. So I can be here for y'all because right now Mommy got to recharge. It was a hard day whatever what have you. Give me give me that break. And so Like, one of you guys said, like, your kids are starting to say it to each other, too. And my girl say the same thing. She be like, I just need a break from her. And I'm like, ah, y'all done came around to the circle where Y'all get it now. Y'all get get what I'm saying? And so sometimes I'll have to, like, cheat code and be like, ooh, trigger these crayons for the tub. Like, y'all gonna live y'all best life in a tub and be in there for two, three hours and let me get a break and I'll deal with it later. Because if we aren't we can't we can't be there for our kids we can't process the things that they they need us to process
0: yes yeah, for sure and like being okay with those messes when you have toddlers like you know um it goes back to like expectations and it goes back to like that mom guilt thing like and just putting the like all the expectations on on your household on your children And then you project that to the kids and it's just not realistic. Like if you have kids under 10, your house is probably never gonna be clean. Like and just being okay with that, with that, with um that and um just making sure that you have realistic expectations. I wanted to kind of um talk about like what do we do when when the toddler or the kid is like Yelling back or or different things like that, um how do you guys handle that? like just addressing how how do you want them to say um say things to you, or how do you want them to treat each other?
1: Well, we have a balance because my son, because he is like me, sometimes he'll pull me all the way out of the car he'll he'll just pull me out of the car. i be like, oh, man, who are you talking to, and she'll check me, hey. That's not what needs to go down. That's not what needs to go down. Express to him the boundary that he's crossed. Make sure he understands, that he can communicate that better That way that issue doesn't happen again. Now, I also have to check her when it comes to my daughter. Even though she's two, you know, my daughter she come, she's coming to her own. She's two turning 22. So, you know, <laughs> me being her my daughter being a little bit more hey, <laughs> Being a little bit more of a dazed girl I tend to catch her and she Dread don't do that and I was like well Adrian, You know she only did this because Of that and then we kind of come to Understanding where we kind of balance and hold each other Accountable so for us You know we tend you know to Kind of catch the rock and kind of hold each other Accountable and be that balance for each other so that works For us
0: but we also both I've been teaching him child development So he doesn't know about child development mm-hmm. He doesn't know anything about that he didn't go To school for that I did Uh, so teaching him the development of a child essentially like yes our children are two years apart but they are two totally different kids they're on two totally different wavelengths they they develop way different than other kids that you may see um so emotionally socially cognitively all the domains like they just develop differently so learning uh, those developmental uh, factors and what it looks like, what it is. There's a milestone tracker that I always tell parents to use is the CDC milestone tracker that checks developmental. It gives you a literally. It's available right on your smartphone. All you got to do is download the app, baby. It will tell you all about where your child should be developmentally and if your child is not, what to do. It gives you tips and activities and things that can help and take to your doctor. Because I think what what makes parenting so hard. Is when you don't know, yep. when you don't know about why my child does this or why my ch- why why my child isn't doing this or why does my child do this? Like yep. learning the why instead of what. Good point.
2: It's is great super point.
0: important. Great point. It's
1: true.
0: Um, I'm gonna push back real quick. Who, somebody want to say something before I push back? Come on, Kimberly. you want to say something. I was just about to say the. To me, was has been challenging with teenagers other than my young, my young children because I have a 16-year-old, and at this t- time of her life, she is basically finding herself and trying to, like, be her own person and do her own thing, and I'm trying to keep from being so controlling and trying to make her decisions and choices for her. So it's like just recently, she wanted to go out of town with a friend of hers. And my husband was like, uh, no, you know, she don't need to be going out of town. You're not going to be. She Who's going to be with her? And I'm like, well, she's 16 years old and she's going to have to learn how to get around, how to communicate, how to, you know, be, you know, protective. And, you know, I said she got the awareness of herself. She know She's OK. She know we not a far far away, cause she just went to Branson, Missouri. So I'm like, she's not that far away. So, but I'm, you know, I had to, even though it was kind of hard for me to let her go on her own, you know, without me there to watch her. You know, I was like, okay, and and I was like, you know what? I try to be positive, and that's one thing I try to instill in my children, also as well, to be positive and to try to find the good and things. And I'm like, everything is going to be okay because sometimes our energy, we can pull that negative energy that can cause a problem that is just really not a problem. So, and I'm getting better with that because I got a 22 year old daughter, a 23 son. And it's like me allowing them to branch off and be their own individual has it's getting better. <laughs> First of all, shout out to you, sis, because you you look 23. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> you look 23. Okay. Um, but no, sh- again, shout out to you because who Lois, talking about, I think about right now having toddlers and how I could still somewhat control the situation a little bit. As and, and and this is only because and this is showing up traumas, right? We talked about that mental health and I'm very much, I always talk about how, you know, I've had some experiences in my life and that who I'm trying to not let that mold the way I parent. Um, so I am the one to be like, wait a minute. Should I, should I wait? And I, I overthink, but, um, I can only imagine having them at that age, um, where you're trying to be very much like, okay, you gonna have to learn. You gonna have to experience stuff. I can't always hold you back, but also like, no way, I want to protect you from this crazy world and these crazy people. Um, but I think it goes back to, like, we've all been saying, like, just having communication um, and making sure you have that space. Because I think a lot of times, too, teenagers are shut down and we be like, you yeah, ain't, you know, you yeah, I'll go back to my, you a child. You ain't had, you ain't what, what you worried about? What you got going on? Ain't nothing going on. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You ain't paying no bills. You ain't finding Like, we've heard some things, right? And I, I still think, like, these children, especially now in COVID, come on now, the changes that they've had to adjust, who is is mind-blowing. You know, um, sometimes for me, going to school was a break from home. Um, so imagine having to still stay in the same space you may be ready to get away from and just not having no outlet to go. Um, I just uh, mentally think about these children and at that age. Um, and I, I think it goes back to, again, therapy. Um, educators, help me out. Is that, when is it too early or is it not too early to start incorporating therapy to, for our children?
2: Um, um it's never too early. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's never too early, especially if you, a lot of the time I step back and I look at my kids and i'm just like observe them and i go into educator mode and i'm just like okay is this just their personality or is this a COVID kink or you know like i have to go through this checklist and i'm like okay let me reach out and see if your teacher is seeing the same thing i'm seeing and it's educator space i'm like parents the bulk of y'all insurance is free is you got medicaid it's free take advantage even if you don't know if your kid has a diagnosis or they just need 30 minutes a week or whatever take them you don't have to pay for it take them if they need play therapy or otr or if they need speech therapy it's free because at a certain point I'm
0: glad the you said <laughs> come on i mean all of them i think that is very much valid i think and that's another reason why our children are behind is because we're not wanting to tap into these resources of therapies that they're offering uh ot i mean there's so many different resources around things that can help development and we're like, I ain't going to do that because it doesn't mean something wrong with my baby. The IEPs, all of those things. You, like, people, are something wrong with my baby. And I want people to feel no, F that. Get your baby those resources. Get your baby that extra assistance. Come on, Jacqueline. I'm sorry to, uh, right. I'm sorry to tap that in. Well, we have, have to remove it. the stigma associated with, with right. mental health. Or, or with, with just all of the things of supports. So just because my child needs additional support doesn't mean that there's something wrong. And early intervention is a true thing because if we intervene early, we may not have to intervene always. And I think sometimes we get stuck, or parents, not we, because I think we kind of, we are all kind of making like conscious decisions around our parenting because we're here today. But sometimes parents get stuck in this understanding or lack thereof of what children really need to thrive. And for me and my son, we, the therapy started at four, um, for several reasons, being kicked out of well, put this close to being kicked out of uh, child care centers, you know, um, realizing that maybe kindergarten is because he's five. It's not the right step for him right now. So all of these collective decisions meant that we definitely have to sit down and I, I need to make sure that I'm tapping into all of the things, all of his potential. So that's where we that's where we have been. And we're going to continue to be there until we don't need it anymore. Again, being okay with that. Like, please understand that just because your child needs help, that does not mean it's a reflection on you as the parent. It doesn't that and I think that's what parents get stuck at. They're looking at like, oh well, true. If they say my son needs speech therapy, they're gonna think I didn't talk to them. No, that's not what that means. Your child just needs additional support. It's okay to have support, just like you need support. Like it's okay. Like I feel like I feel like I, as an educator, that's one of the biggest things is like pushing like and then people say, oh, you just pushing it, pushing, pushing the IEP. No, it's not pushing an IEP or in with uh, your zero to five. It's an IFSP, an individual family support plan. Literally, this is the family. This is the goals that we're working on. And guess what? If we intervene early by the time it's time for them to go to kindergarten, they may don't need the support anymore.
1: And to kind of tap into that, I mean, people who may think or may be judgmental, even if you don't have, you know, uh, special needs or anything like that. I mean, I'm not an educator, but I'll be a little vulnerable in this situation where I think, you know, we as a Black community need to normalize therapy in general. Yes. You know, as recent as me being in my 30s, my father and I had to go to, you know, therapy. You know, our relationship had got. To a place of uncomfortability and you know it wasn't until we sat down and just talked to someone you know to we we don't have you know any you know ieps or anything like that but just sitting down and talking to someone and just communicating it got our relationship closer you know what i mean and when i tell my friends that they're like you guys went to therapy? I'm like, yeah, dude, you should try it. Like, I mean, it, even, you you don't necessarily have to have something in the background, but just normalize, you know, going to therapy. It's OK to just talk and express. That's fine. Especially as black men. That's fine. Yeah.
0: And using using your resources in your schools like the schools have school counselors. They have groups like uh, sister keepers. I define me. They're 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 all around teaching young women about themselves oh, and women. How to, how to, what you say, Jacqueline? So no, I don't you know how to say, I me, but go oh, ahead. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah, like you, having those different resources that are available, like you have to, and get your kids in things. Like we can't just be having them at home on their screen, on their computer, yes. on yeah, game. Okay. like, and then we like, well, they're not talking. I wouldn't talk to you either. You're not talking to me. Like, I don't understand, like, being, a, like using the resources that you have. Let's get them out there. Let's you have to push, you have to be your advocate for your child. You have to yeah. be that part.
2: Yeah. And then like being your biggest advocate, where we also have to remove ego out of that where if somebody does suggest, hey, you know, we think they may need a little help with X, Y, and Z, not automatically going on their defense, but actually. Listening, and I'm a big, let's push it. Okay, what's your evidence? Let me observe. Let me come in the classroom and observe. I've never seen that. Like, it's okay to question those suggestions. And if you see it and you're like, okay, it is a little different, go ahead and get those those follow-ups or whatever, where a lot of the school counselors, I know it switched to digital, but maybe, like, before COVID, there used to be a packet like about this thick and it had everything in there from home, home resources. If you were homeless, food resources, if you needed anything under the sun, it was in there, but people would not come into that office. If you need clothes, you need anything. And I'm like, it's literally free. If you had, um, LGBT kids, here's all these organizations that's local. And now it's a digital resource. I'm gonna try to pull it and put it in the comments, but now it's a digital resource. And I'm like, that's something people actually needed, but there was that stigma of actually coming into this counselor office and asking for help. So we gotta stop ourselves from pushing ourselves to better and our kids to being in a better place because we don't want to ask for help or we don't want to follow up where, you know, sometimes little Johnny not just acting up because he want to act up. Sometimes he doesn't know how to self-regulate and he needs this little hour a week to teach him them skills to where next year he can stay in the classroom a hundred percent of the time versus 80% of the time. So, and, and just taking that stigma away from it.
0: And I also, because I know I said I wanted to push back earlier, but I don't think I was trying to push back on is, and I'm going to just say this, is making sure that we have these spaces culturally. That is my biggest thing. I'm with y'all on these resources. I'm, I'm with y'all on tapping in to the resources. But I'm also with making sure they're culturally available, too, um, because uh, we know. I think and I think this is probably what has happened over generation is that we've had our our grandparents maybe had bad experiences with these things. um, and so they weren't gonna tap in. They like, oh no, we ain't dealing with that. You know how they say that that's white folk stuff, therapy is white folk stuff because they only seen white people doing it, right? So I think it's just making sure we're normalizing that they are shout out to I oh, was shout out to Hip Talks Podcast, but shout out to me in my space. I am trying to really uplift that we can tap into these resources and we have the people that's doing the work. Um and so shout out to y'all, uh y'all educators um, and all of y'all and y'all respective places, um, for showing up and being in this space with me. Um, I want to get ready to close out and, uh, I want to give you all the space. If you want to, again, to talk about what you all do, how people can reach out to you all and, um, maybe give out one suggestion, advice, or something that you can give to someone who's thinking about conscious parenting. And who we'll go with Adrian and uh, Antoine. We'll let you start it off.
1: Um, my advice, you know, personally, would be normalized therapy. Whether you have a background for needs or not, normalized communication and going to have someone listen. Um, you can reach out to me at stl uh, underscore guide.com and uh, on Instagram. And uh, also, I kind of made shirts for this to, to this out uh, for this uh, podcast for this today's show. Uh, the shirt "Black Dads Matter," you know. Uh, <laughs> Country Club dot com is where you can get the shirts. We also have for uh, the moms as well. Nineties moms. So, uh, Country Club Clothing Line is where you can kind of take a look at the shirts. Um, but that's my advice.
0: Um, uh, you can always follow me on social media on Instagram at Coach underscore M U P underscore Ace. Um, i'll also put it in the chat for everyone there and then um i'm like i said i'm the um, we're the owner of abc educational consulting llc so we i provide educational curriculum to organizations looking to go into the schools so it starts there if you want to take your your mission and you want to teach what our children about things that you want them to know then hit me up we can create a curriculum and we can go out and push it into these schools i'm also a life coach. Um, so I provide uh, coaching, coach them up with ACE. So you try ACE, let's ACE your life by your standards. But my most endeared thing is being a doula. Baby, I'm helping these women help and bring babies into this world. I'm coaching. I'm there with you. I'm in the trenches with you from the time you have the baby to your fourth trimester to teach you different things and thoughts to help you support you, to be a part of your village. Show me a high five. <laughs> Look, I'm about look, doulas and midwives. The hood talk, yes, baby. I mean, we talk doulas and midwives, yes. Ooh, yes. Um, all right, Miss Jasmine, thank you for joining us. Come on, tell us, okay? Um, so, my, I guess, my number one piece of advice to anyone is to really think about your expectations for your children. Sometimes our expectations are just way too high and they're not developmentally appropriate. So if you ever have questions around what my child should be doing, Google is a great resource. Developmentally, where is my child? You don't have to have a fancy website. Um, you don't have to have a special class. But if you are interested in learning more um, on the credit-based side, come see me at St. Louis Community College where we are teaching Individuals, communities around what children need to grow and thrive. Um, If you're interested in becoming an early childhood educator, come see me at the college. Um, I know college isn't for everyone, but it is an opportunity just to get your foot in the door to even see if this is something that truly interests you. Um, The world cannot go forward or continue to roll without early childhood educators, because if our babies don't have nowhere to go, we don't go to work. So um, that's one side of that. Um, If you're interested in learning more about opening a child care center, um, if you want to know more about directorship of a child care quality child care program, you can come see me at I Encourage Early Ed Professionals. um, We'll find on Facebook. Um, And, or if you just want to learn more about being a parent, contact me. You can find me on Facebook. Um, i just Jasmine Marshall. um, And we're learning about just, this idea of being comfortable with your child's diagnosis or disability. Thank you so much for having me too. Pleased to be here. Thank you for joining us. Come on, Miss Kimberly. Uh Uh-oh, you muted. Meeting you guys. Um, if you want to contact me at Kimberly Warren96 at yahoo.com, you can always reach me also at Facebook. My name is Kimberly Warren, and I'm open to talk to parents about um, conscious parenting and how to uh, meditation. I'm really heavy on a mindful meditation. And um, I also do have an event space where I throw parties and meetings like that often. And um, I can also, you know, help people that's up and coming with um, begin starting the LLC and businesses and things like that. I also know I'm diving a little bit more into trucking and, uh, freight work and, um, cars. So, and dispatching. So, um, I know a lot about that as well. So you can contact me. I'm sorry. Thank you for joining us. Also, uh, come on, Ms. Jacqueline.
2: All right, so my biggest tip would be to really observe your kid, really know your kid, really build that bond with your kid and know um, how we have love languages, they have love languages. So, you know, all of that, Just really study and know your kid because some things maybe they're, they wavelength, you know. My youngest, she is full of disdain, and that's just her personality. And I just, that's my little Wednesday Adams, and I, I've accepted it. So you know, like I you know, you just have to know your kid. Um, but I can say if you guys want to get a hold of me, um, you can look on my Facebook at C E Reflections Inc. We have a literacy program coming up for St. Louis City and St. Louis County students completely free. It is going to link them with, them and their families with black books by black authors and the literacy tips for comprehension and to boost their scores up. So it'll be launching in April. So we are right around the corner, there's a link on there for intake form, and it's completely free from our authors to our families to all of that. So nope, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me right now. And thank you.
0: All right. Uh Miss Jenny, come on, girl. Jeannie. <laughs> um I will- like I said, I work for the school district, um, Ferguson fluorescent. Um, as a parent educator, I forgot to mention, I am a peer uh, counselor for breastfeeding. I'm a big breastfeeding advocate. Um, so, like, I'm not uh LC, but if you ever need, you know, breastfeeding advice, um, I, I uh, help admin for a, a, a Black breastfeeding um, group. It's called Breastfeeding Uncensored, Black Breastfeeding Moms Uncensored. Um, And it's very helpful, you know, to have that community because a lot of people don't see breastfeeding and don't see black people breastfeeding. So um, I was honored to become an admin of that group um, about a year and a half ago. So um, it's been a pleasure. Um, Also, like the one tip, like as far as conscious parenting, um, just don't be the parent that says like, uh, like, like threaten the kids or like challenge the kid. If you're gonna make it a choice, make it like give two two equally okay choices. That's my go-to. You know, make sure if, if you're gonna give the choice and let them have their autonomy, make sure it's not like a trick question or anything. You know, try to be your kids' ally. So two equally okay choices, and really take your your um, ego out of it and monitor those triggers. You know, if you feel if you're feeling triggered, um, like my. Another thing with me is like sensory. You know, I have to put in headphones sometimes because my kids are just so loud. Um, so just be aware of your triggers and take your ego out of it. All right. All right, y'all. Well, there y'all go. Another great conversation. Uh, I appreciate the guests that joined me today. I, um, we got so much more coming up the rest of this month. Um, and of course, the rest of our season Season is till August But we do have um, Five weeks in this month So I am taking full advantage And I will be dropping a show Every week for the rest of the Thursdays Of this week, okay? So that means the Hood Hills. Shout out to Candace Cox We got Candace Cox coming To the Hood Talks podcast To sit down with us To talk about traumas Yes, honey, who Tra- traumas Yes, and we got the Hood Needs segment with Shira, it's sisters helping each other reach higher heights. A great organization that I cannot wait to, uh, to highlight and show out. Okay, we got another great storytelling segment. Man, when I say this brother got a story, he got a story. So that will be dropping. Make sure y'all are following us on the podcast platforms. You know, that's Google, Apple, all that. That's where the storytelling segments only are uh, available. And then Kicking It For A Cause. Yes, one of my faves. Yes, Kicking It For A Cause will be the last Thursday of this month. But just know, hint, hint, Kicking It For A Cause will be going live. Woo, 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 woo. We will be going in person starting in May. We are planning that right now, a free event with music, games, fun. But you know how we do. We got to have this community conversation going too. So Kicking It For A Cause is going live. Wait on it. We coming this summer for y'all. And man, when I say we got so many more conversations to be had for the rest of this season, go y'all. Y'all want to come join me and join me at the mic to have some tough conversations. I got them. We talking community policing in August. We talking black women. I am not your enemy. We are talking so much. Make sure y'all go sign up because we need the live panel guests to come finish these conversations for the rest of our season and you know I would love to have the community to the mic All right. well that's what's happening appreciate everybody tapping in and tuning in on that note y'all we out don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page and also follow us on all our social media and you can find all of that information at www.thehoodtalk.com